Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down box or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyer, your host. Recently, earlier this year, actually, Pope Benedict XVI at a Mass had given a message, a kind of a plea, actually. He said that Christians should overcome their differences through a dialogue so they can unite their efforts to influence debates in society on ethical issues like abortion, euthanasia, and the limits of science and technology. And a Pope often sends this message out, and rightly so. I think this pope, as well as most of the world's religious leaders, especially the pope and the leaders of the Eastern Orthodox churches, and of course our Eastern Catholic churches, know very well that we're all up against the same demons, as it were, and we are stronger if we are united together. So the plea to overcome our differences through dialogue, unite together, I think is a very, very timely one, a very salient and poignant one by the Pope. It's not just something he's supposed to do as a Pope because he's supposed to you know, say the right things. There is actually something very, very urgent about this. We have to find ways in which not only can we come together as Christians, but also in ways in which we can engage or connect even with those outside of our churches, whether they be especially the Eastern Orthodox churches or the Roman Catholic churches, or in general, Christianity. One of the ways that we can do this, and this is another one of those gifts of the Eastern churches in particular, is actually through the approach and concern for our environment. Recently, I had the honor of sitting on an interfaith panel for a Green Day that was held in the Chicago area, and I was one of the speakers on the panel who was presenting what our particular church, our spirituality, has done or how it sees this whole approach to the environment, to this sort of raising consciousness of the preservation of the environment, of if you want to call it going green, whatever you want to call it, what is our church doing and what does our spirituality contribute to this growing concern? Well, in the Eastern churches, we have a particular strength in this area. And in fact, in my particular parish, proud to say, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois, it is one of the evangelical dimensions of our church. In other words, what we have done with the environment the ecosystem on our church property, which is 10 acres of beautiful rural, semi-rural property with lots of water coming through it, what we've done there has actually made an impact 
In other words, it has evangelized and has made an impact well beyond us to the point we have been recognized on very wide levels. In fact, recently, the Hickory Creek Watershed Group, this is a group, an environmental group in the area of Illinois, a very prestigious group, award-winning group. They have actually entered a picture and a little explanation of my parish into their literature. Their literature is called the Hickory Creek Watershed, Saving Our Streams, Planning Our Future. Hickory Creek remains one of our finest streams, but the watershed will have at least twice the population by 2030. Preserving our stream will require all of us to work together. Now, when you open the brochure, and you can f- find out about this by going to hickorycreekwatershed.org. That's hickorycreekwatershed.org. When you go to this brochure and you open it up, it has a section that says points of interest. In other words, examples of good productive, fruitful management of the environment. In other words, consciousness to the ecosystem, to water management and sustainable environment. And it lists a number of points of interest. Well, proud to say, and at the same time, it's humbling, that on all these points of interest, which include park, different parks and creeks and valleys and so on, done by other municipalities and reservoirs, there is one church. And that church is my parish, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church. And it says this in this brochure. The vision of this parish is that of a church in a natural environment, a living land that grows with the people who care for it and love it. In order to accomplish this vision, the parish decided to take a comprehensive look at their entire property. They prepared a landscape master plan to guide the implementation of a sustainable vision for the parish or serving as an educational demonstration to all who visit or attend the church. If you are interested in sustainable landscaping, you should visit this site. It works, it is beautiful, and it has a spiritual aura that is unique. Now, I especially like the last sentence. It works, it is beautiful, and it has a spiritual aura that is unique. Now, this is written, mind you, by a secular organization, this Hickory Creek Watershed Group. Now, members of the organization may practice a spirituality. They may have faith. Maybe they're Catholic, Orthodox Christians. I don't really know. The organization itself, however, is a basically a secular organization. But the interesting thing is, is that there is a meeting point that has occurred between this organization, this environmental organization, which is basically a secular organization, and religion or faith. And that has happened primarily through the specific spirituality of the Eastern Catholic churches. In other words, what we've done to our environment on our property is an outgrowth, an expression of, a fruit of our Eastern Catholic worldview. And that worldview can best be described as sacramental, or in a sense, mystical. You see, here's the meeting point, and one of those meeting points that the Pope has encouraged all of us to make. In other words, how can we connect with the world, first of all, with each other as Christians, and unite for common causes, common concerns? How can we do that? Well, the environment is certainly one way we can do that. And the reason is, is because we all live in this environment. We all try to love this environment. We all want to care for it, basically. And we all have to share it. We're all a part of it. There's no escaping that. No matter what so-called religion you are, whatever persuasion you are, we all live on this earth. We all have human bodies made of the elements of this earth. We've got a mind and heart and soul. We inhabit this earth. We need things from this earth. So there's a meaning point. The difference, though, would be what the beginning and the end point is of the environment. So we have a meeting point 
through the spirituality of the Eastern Christian churches, their sort of sacramental liturgical spirituality, which is applied then to how we approach the environment, we have a meeting point there with those who may not even believe in God at all, in fact, but they do love the earth that God has made. That meaning point is the proper use of the environment, the proper approach to it by learning about how it works and how to interface with it honestly in a way that is fruitful and good for all. So that's the meaning point, care for this earth that we have, this one and only earth, this garden of the universe. And no, I don't really think there is life on other planets. I think the whole universe out there was created by God just for us to wonder at and for him to reveal himself, for us to go, wow, Isn't God marvelous? And aren't we special in God's eyes that of all the things that are out there in the universe, this one and only planet is like this garden, this little ball of mud spinning around out there in this grand eternal universe. This and only this has the fruitfulness that we know and experience in the earth. Isn't that amazing? That causes us to take pause and to look at the earth sacramentally or liturgically. And this is the strength of the Eastern Church. We look at things liturgically and sacramentally. In other words, we look at how they participate and reveal God. Notice I said participate, not just reveal God, but participate in God. In other words, smell a flower, enjoy the beautiful tall grasses, enjoy the prairie flowers, enjoy any indigenous vegetation of any region you live in, no matter where you live and where you're listening around the world. See how water works, the power of it, the beauty of it the life-giving nature of it, respect its power. In other words, in a sense, contemplate the creation, contemplate the divine order and wisdom in the creation. And the second part then is to respond to it liturgically. Liturgically means to respond to it honestly, to offer it back to God in praise and thanksgiving, to treat it as a sacrament that it is. In other words, to treat it in a way that is sacred. Now, when you treat something sacred, it means you're treating it in a way that's honest to the integrity, the intrinsic dignity or value of that thing, the essence of it. It's not a matter of being extreme in any one way. It's not a matter of talking about, and I don't like this word, so-called carbon footprint, where we have to apologize for being human as earth and exhaling because it's disturbing nature. We're not talking about that kind of approach. We're talking about a true, integrated, balanced, sacramental approach to the environment. And when we approach things like that, what happens is we get the best results for everyone. And we end up living more healthy, more holy, more sacramentally. Now, the Eastern churches have a starting point, as I mentioned before, and also an end point, or in a sense, an endless point. In other words, where did the environment begin? What was behind its creation? What are its origins? And what is it now? And what is its ultimate destiny? There's a couple of books I would like to refer you to by Eastern authors. One is by His All Holiness, the Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew. He is sort of the ranking prelate, as, a, as it were, in the Orthodox churches. He's the most prominent patriarch of the Greek Orthodox Church, and he is in Istanbul, which is formerly Constantinople. He has a marvelous book called Encountering the Mystery, Understanding Orthodox Christianity Today. And in this book, you'll find a lot of the spirituality that lies behind the Eastern approach to nature. Because Patriarch Bartholomew is a world-renowned, world-class environmentalist. By this, I do not mean he is an extremist. He takes that sacramental approach to the environment, and he talks about it, he lives it, he encourages others to come together, he holds international, global conferences on the environment, and as a result, is able to connect, to make that connection that the Pope called us to, to people even outside the church. People see this as sensible. 
you know, the secular world has a little different language for it, and we have our language for it. And we're going to compare those languages and see where the common meaning point is and also the differences are when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, and I am here to tell you that we are killing ourselves, literally killing ourselves, from the foods that we eat to the pills and liquids that we consume to the unborn children that we abort. Yet much of this demographic suicide can be laid at the very doorstep of the prevailing theory of evolution. On Saturday, June 5th, 2010, at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, the Colby Center for the Study of Creation will present overwhelming evidence of how Darwin's theory of evolution, so widely accepted in the scientific and academic communities, is destroying us. Millions of people for generations have lost their faith and had their lives destroyed because they never had the opportunity to hear the evidence that you will hear at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, Saturday, June 5th at 1 p.m., located at 14610 Will Cook Road in Homer Glen, Illinois. For more details, call 708-645-0241 or go to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And may God be with you. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Daughters of St. Paul sponsor a monthly study group on the theology of the body. The discussions are led by Father Thomas Loya. Glory to Jesus Christ. Every second Saturday during the month at Pauline Books and Media, 172 North Michigan Avenue in Chicago, from 10.30 until 12 noon Central Time. Simultaneously and interactively video streamed live online. As you know, we are concerned about the sacramental liturgical worldview as delivered by John Paul II's Theology of the Body. For more information, go to daughtersofstpaul.com or call 312-346-4228. Welcome back to Light of the East. We're talking about the environment and the Eastern Christian approach to the environment, that sacramental approach, which is a meeting point between those in and outside of the church. It's just the difference is in the Eastern Christian perspective, we have a unique beginning point and an end point or endless point. But speaking of the environment, I'm going to be hosting at my church, Annunciation Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois, a wonderful conference on June 5th, 2010. It's going to be put on by the Colby Center for the Study of Creation. And listen to this. We are actually committing, in a sense, a certain demographic suicide in our world today, in our culture. 
because of the things that we eat, the things that we drink, the pollution, abortion. It goes on and on and on. And all these things have their source, for the most part in recent history, at the very doorstep of Darwin's theory of evolution, which has become the prevailing thinking among medical science and the scientific communities. But yet it is all wrong. And what you're going to hear is overwhelming evidence, overwhelming evidence of how this Darwinian theory of evolution is actually destroying us. It's behind literally our destruction as a culture. And millions of people, in addition, for generations have lost their faith and their lives because they never heard what you have an opportunity here at my church, Annunciation Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois, on June 5th at 1 p.m., located at 14610 Wilcook Road in Homer Glen, Illinois. The main speaker is Hugh Owen, who is the head and founder of the Kobe Center for the Study of Creation. He'll be there joined by other irrefutable scientists. It should be fascinating, and it ties right in with the sacramental liturgical worldview of the Eastern Christian churches. So if you want information, you can call us at 708-645-0241. That's 708-645-0241. Or you can just go to our website, byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. I mentioned earlier a source that will be interesting for you, informative, about the Eastern approach to the environment. There's another book I'd like to recommend. It's called Man and the Environment by Anistis G. Kassilopoulos. And it says in this book, the quest for a harmonious relationship between humanity and the environment quickens as ecological problems escalate in our modern world. Irresponsible use of the environment has caused pollution, diminished natural resources, accumulation of radioactive waste, disease, famine, and abnormal climatic conditions. In response to the myriad solutions offered by the scientific community, Anastas G. Kassilopoulos proposes another dimension, a theological solution put forth 10 centuries ago by the Byzantine mystic St. Simeon the New Theologian. More a vision than concrete solution, St. Simeon's perception of the human being relative to the universe provides a gauge for the use of scientific data. St. Simeon addresses the misuse of material goods, social inequality due to privatizing what belongs to the community, and waste due to excessive wealth. He bemoans the rape of the earth, claiming that the duty of the human being is to elevate creation to a state of beauty consistent with the intentions of the Creator. Simeon charges humanity with the awesome task of perceiving the Word of God within creation and bringing that logos, that Word, to fruition. Again, I just read from the book Man in the Environment, a study of Simeon the New Theologian. He was a great Byzantine mystic, and the Byzantine mystics, as well as the Byzantine liturgical spirituality, provides a very timely, rich gift for the environmental approach today. The reason is because it is an integrated and balanced approach. It's an honest, it's a true approach. It starts out by realizing that in the beginning, it goes back to the beginning, as I mentioned, there's a beginning point here. See, a lot of our environmentalists won't acknowledge a beginning point. The beginning point is, of course, God. And the fact that this invisible God chose, through the act of his will, to create matter. In other words, things that now could be touched, felt, experienced. No longer just invisible beings, such as himself, the thrones and dominations and principalities and angels in heaven. Now there would be visible creation. But through that visible creation, God would reveal himself. He would actually enter into that creation. Now, right then and there, that reality sets the correct tone or approach to all creation. All creation now becomes, as we say in the Eastern churches, sacramental. 
So now it becomes just common sense. See, whether you use non-sectarian language, such as common sense, or whether you use language from faith, such as sacramental, you arrive at the same thing. You arrive at the true, good, equitable, honest, proper approach to the environment, which eventually then helps everyone. You see, the non-sectarian environmentalists might say things like water is an opportunity, not a problem. Now, they're right on target there, but we take it one step further in the Eastern spirituality. We say that water is a gift. Water is sacrament. Water makes us mindful of of our baptism, of cleansing, of dying, and of rising, of death, and of life. Water is biblical. Water is very holy and sacred, and it has an awesome power. So we must respect its power, must understand how it works first. In other words, we have to look at it contemplatively, mystically, sacramentally. It's almost like we're asked the question of water. How do you work? Tell us about yourself. And then we proceed from there and how to interface with water, what to do, what not to do with water. Now, we take that to everything in the created environment, everything in the created order. And when we take this approach, you end up with what the green movement is striving for. We want a clean environment. We want an environment that is not full of toxins and pollution that cause death and sickness and misery for everyone. We want the same thing, but the starting point is most important as well as the end or endless point. And that's where the Eastern spirituality comes in to a lot of strength. It brings a lot of power and strength to this issue because it's balanced, it's integrated, and it starts out in what the world might call common sense, but we call it sacramental, that the creation is first and foremost good and holy. Now, we're part of that creation. We're the high point of it. In fact, the human person, getting back to our friend St. Simeon the Theologian, the human person is the hinge pin of it all. In other words, the more we understand the human person, the more we know how to understand and interface with the environment. Because the human person, according to Eastern spirituality, is a microcosm of the universe. I must face it, we're made of the same elements, made of elements in the ground. We were made of the earth. We are united with this earth. At the same time, conversely, or in a complementary way, the universe is a macrocosm, as it were, of the human person. So if we get the human person right, we get the approach and environment right. Let's listen to a world-class environmentalist as he talks about this in his book, Encountering the Mystery. He says this, In recent years, we have learned some important lessons about caring for the natural environment. However, we have also learned that environmental action cannot be separated from human relations. What we do for the earth is interrelated to what we do for people, whether in the context of human rights, international politics, poverty, social justice, or world peace. It has become clearer to us that the way we respond to the natural environment is directly related and reflected in the way we treat human beings. The willingness of some people to exploit the environment as the flesh of the world goes hand in hand with their willingness to ignore human suffering in the flesh of our neighbor. By analogy, willingness to respond to the needs of creation and our neighbor reflects our willingness to respect the commandments of God. This is precisely why in the 4th century, St. John Chrysostom underlined the universal application of the Lord's Prayer. Indeed, by praying to our Father in heaven, we also embrace a universal, even global vision of the world. For Christ asks us to implore, The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Chrysostom points out that Christ does not say, Thy will be done in me or even in us, but everywhere on earth. So what is the end or endless game according to Eastern Christian spirituality? Well, there's a strong emphasis on the world creation being transfigured. In other words, Eastern spirituality is very eschatological. 
that one day all this earth that we know is not going to be destroyed. In a sense, it won't be exactly as we know it today, but it won't be destroyed. It'll be rather transfigured. And us with it, as our bodies reunite with our souls at the general resurrection, and we are judged, and we are once again united with all of creation, but in a spiritualized form. In other words, in the form that it was destined to become, a glorious, perfect, marvelous form we can't even comprehend. But it begins with God seeing his own creation as sacramental, as proclaiming his good. It begins with the invisible God making himself visible through this creation. And it ends, or I should say, it becomes endless in the divinization, the transfiguration of that creation into the glorious plan that God had from the beginning. And you and I shall be privileged to share in that plan if individually, of course, we are saved. So Eastern Christian spirituality, its riches is good even for the environment. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>